Welcome to another episode of JB's Driving Podcast. This is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, episode two. I know you've all been waiting for this humdinger, clocking in another hour and a half, and that's without part three, which is another hour. Anyway, we've left Robin Hood swearing to avenge his father after Sheriff of Nottingham apparently stuck him like a fat pig and roasted him in Loxley Castle. So we take you to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Sherwood Forest. I will catch you on the flip side. So we switch back to the Nottingham Castle, where, where Alan Rickman is going in to meet. He's, he's entering the second uh, BDSM dungeon of the movie. Yes. Going to see Mordiana, who we think is his mother, um, we're not sure, and that's where she's surrounded by, as you say, all these generic evil things like frogs and rats and blood eggs. And Sheriff is like, oh, Robin's back. What's going to happen? I need you to tell me the future because she's a, she's a seer. She's a seer, which... Yeah, see, and this is another thing that I didn't write down, but it, it always confused the shit out of me. Were they trying to say... Because, I mean, were we going make-believe here and we were supposed to believe that she's a witch? Or is this just, like, real life, and she's just somebody who says she's a witch, and she does a bunch of nonsense? Because she does come up with some interesting, you know, information, like the painted man is going to kill her. How would she know that the painting man is going to kill her unless she was actually actually seeing something and she was a real witch? So, which is it? Are we supposed to be looking at this in realistic terms? Mm. Are we supposed to be looking at this as a fantasy terms? It's very confusing when watching this movie. There's only one answer. It's shit. She has a DeLorean. She has a DeLorean. She has okay. a DeLorean. She looks like she's ready to show. That would have been. She must have borrowed Mary Elizabeth's Master Antonio's uh, train at the end. Exactly. That's exactly what she did. There's a tie-in right there. Jules and Vern had Jules to uh, Vern. take a shit, so she <laughs> lent it to her. <laughs> then she, of course, she looks straight out of Studio 54. She would have fit right in. Back in 79. She looks, it's just over the top, like, Mm -hmm. witchy look. That's just all it is. And this whole idea about her being away from everybody and witchcraft, back in then, they weren't really, they didn't believe in witchcraft. It's just, it simply didn't exist to them. No, I mean, no. And, I mean, I've seen some of the lore stuff. Like, I think it got, it was like a thing. For, you know, real close to, you know, 200 to maybe 500 A.D. And then it just kind of went away. It was nothing until maybe you flash forward all the way to like 1500. The 1500s. And that's when, you know, Satanism and and the occult and witchcraft and all that shit kind of made a resurgence. Exactly. So now around this time frame really wasn't a concern or interest in it at all. The satanic witches and covens, as you said, didn't emerge until the early 14th century. And they were, they just. Oh, okay. I didn't even know it was that early. Yeah. I thought it was 15th. So, well, okay. But so, still, whatever. Way too still. early for that crap. Way too early for that crap. So, the witch foretells. It's like them running around being afraid of vampires. That didn't, you yeah. know, that didn't, vampires exactly. didn't exist until the book was written. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, what, the, what are we afraid <laughs> of? There's this. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. 
So then we switch over to um, so Robin and and and, and Azim after they leave Loxley's castle with that hump Duncan. They need to find some. We need to find out what's going on, and he's got to fulfill his promise to Peter because he's got that Cracker Jack ring in oh, his yeah. pocket as well. So he pays a visit to Marion's castle. Knocks on the door. That might be a good name for a kid show. Marion's castle. Yeah. Might be. Yeah. Go ahead. Marion's castle. So he knocks on the door. She doesn't get a real, really warm welcome. Who the hell are you? There's that one of those you know stereotypical sliding. Um, the door that opens it, yes. Yeah, the sliding, you know, that little small fate where you just stick your face out of. It if if you if you look at it cynically enough, it kind of reminds you of like an old Monty Python type, uh, it, you know, get, <laughs> one of their old skits where it does, <laughs> it does, it really, it really, it it really does. That's it, how bad it was. I mean, it's, it's that it's that over the top. It's garbage. Gar- so eventually, he's allowed in, but Azim and that hump Duncan aren't. Yeah, I don't know why Duncan's not allowed in because he's, you know, a jackass. They probably know he's bad news. I, I get the fact not letting the the bulkish black moor in, you know, especially if you're looking at it in the time frame, mm-hmm. especially since, you know, they're at war with that culture and everything else. But, you know, let's, let's move on. So move on. So It's not a racist comment. It's just reality of the situation. So he goes inside, and there's this voice in the darkness upstairs or the catwalk upstairs. Oh, yeah. And then the pioneer woman appears. I'm making two versions of breakfast bobs for hungry cattle workers, a delicious savory version and a sweet version with shortcut donut holes and a great honey yogurt dipping sauce. The heavy. <laughs> the, the, the heavy appears. <laughs> the disappointment on Robin must have just been just crucial. Which yeah. doesn't make oh. sense either. Like, it's not like he had, which we find out in the next couple scenes, he didn't have a good relationship with Marion. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had somewhat of an adversarial relationship. So when she shows up being a big fatty, I, I don't understand why he's upset or frustrated or anything else. It doesn't make any sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like he's, it's his long-lost love and he's coming mm-hmm. back to her. Right. So the reaction doesn't make sense. Right, and that's when, you know, Robin's got to explain the pioneer woman. Then there are pancake pockets. Tasty breakfast for the boys. And finally, a big, beautiful egg-in-the-hole sandwich. Who he is, and he has to come back and, and protect her. And we switch off to the outside really quick where, where Azim and then a hump Duncan are waiting for Robin to come out. And Duncan proceeds to insult every ethnic group under the sun. Curse on Moors and Saracens. Were it not for their ungodly ways, Master Robin would never have left. What manner of name is Hazim? Irish? Cornish? Moorish. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he throws a bunch he of just, racist just, shit out there. He's just like, uh, it's just those savage Moors yeah. and their Muslim religions and just nonsense. Trashes every, just trashes every. It's like a David Duke rally. By the way, what kind of name is Azim? <laughs> 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 Moorish. <laughs> it's just whatever. Oh. It's so dumb. Oh. But no. once again, a scene where in reality, I think the Moor would turn around and take his sword and chop Duncan's head Duncan. right clear <laughs> off and said, I don't know what happened. 
It was a fucking <laughs> dragon or something, you know? But no, uh, you know, instead he's the better man, better than the Englishman. Yes, better than the Englishman, yes. That just insulted him right to his face. I will take it with insult. Yes, sir. I will, I will take, take it, it with, with I will take it with a grain of salt <laughs> because he's a blind man. Because I'm more reasonable I'm than more, he yes, is. I am, exactly. Ugh, shut up. So then all of a sudden they switch back inside, and then Robin is attacked from the side by this dainty knight. We're talking about a trained killer in Robin Hood. We already have established he's a fruitcake, but still, he won off the fight with the Crusades. And this, this knight is getting the best of him at first. Oh, yeah. But being... Well, I mean, granted, she did attack from behind, mm-hmm. and he does pretty much get her back. But, I mean, but she's still overpowering him. Right. Now, she is in a, a suit of armor, but come on, he's... a. You know, he's, he's a, a man he's that's a man bigger than she is. He just came fighting. back from war, and it's obvious that he was treated very well in the dungeon, the underground dungeon. Yes. Um, he had you a know. carnival cruise ship over the across the Iberian Peninsula up the English yeah, Channel. You know, so I don't know where it comes that little tiny Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. I just, it's, yeah, well, it's would be able to overpower him overpower. the way she does. And then only can he get the, uh, you know, he has to burn her hand. Burn her hand, yes, with the candlestick. Just so she can yell out. The, ah, she yells out, and he almost had the best of her. With but the of course, candlestick. Of course, you know. If you want to know who did Marion, it was Robin. With in, the candlestick. In the hall with the candlestick. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's okay. That's just dumb. That's okay. So, <laughs> so edit that out. I know. I'm gonna leave that <laughs> shit in there. We all have embarrassing shit in here. Okay. So anyway. So uh, uh, then, of course, she ends it all with a nut shot, because that's what they did back then. They did nut shots. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, well. come on. Let's. All you got to do is watch wrestling from the time. <laughs> As all wrestling was was weird gimmick characters in 92 93 it was it was you know the trash man versus the ice hockey man and they just hit each other in the nuts and that was the end of the match mm-hmm. so yeah that was the time so <laughs> so after the nut shot Robin, oh you mean 1194 yes oh okay yeah that's completely that, different that, that, i don't that, know right yeah exactly they didn't that have that could be their their entire you know fighting style just mud yeah <clears throat> uh-huh throw just mud in each other's eyes and then kick them in the shots. nuts and run nut shots so he nutshots Robin. Robin falls to the floor and says, oh, thanks, Marion, or something along the lines of that, letting him know that he knows that she's Marion, and she realizes, oh, my God, I know who this guy is. And, of course, they have their bonding moment out in the, out in the, the uh, courtyard or whatever you want yeah. to call it. Um, really interesting to note that Robin Wright, who played in The Prince's Bride, oh, yeah. was originally cast to be uh, made Marion until pregnancy got in the way. And then we got... Well, she would have been Robin Wright Penn at the time, wouldn't she? I don't know. I'm pretty sure she would have been. She, I, I honestly don't know. She's a very good-looking woman. Yeah, she is. Uh, she was married looking. to Sean Penn for a little yes. while. Sean Penn has like, been married to everyone. Yeah. Madonna? He was with Madonna. He yeah. was with Robin Wright. He was with, uh, he, he was with another hottie after that. Yeah. I don't remember who, who, what her name was. The, the one hottie he wasn't with was Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. I don't know. <laughs> There's too much woman for flashback everyone. to Anaconda. I mean, there. come on now. Let's 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 be honest. Let's, let's I, be you're honest. like really going hard on her, but I don't I don't think she's that. You know, she's not that off. I mean, what the hell's wrong with her? I mean, she has a long neck and a pointy face, and kind of looks like Anaconda. But and you could draw have a freight truck through her eyes, the the, the space between her eyes. But 
She's so a big as, nice lady. Okay, she's nice. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, she's nice, okay? So, so. And she's usually a better actress than she was in this movie. Usually better, but I think that the stink just wore off on her as Yeah, well, well that and, you know. The writing wasn't helping much. So yeah. So this little scene here is, is when it's revealed that Robin was, you know, made a promise to her brother Peter because Peter was her brother. Mister stand up in the middle of the road and get shot with an arrow, Peter, and that he had a protector. And then we learn a little bit of big backstory that you alluded to five minutes ago about Robin being kind of a bully towards her. They didn't really have that great of a relationship. Yeah, he was a dick. He was a total dick, and she was just the hanger on. That's essentially the relationship they had. He was friends with Peter, and she was the little sister, and she would hang around with them, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And he would treat her like shit because she was the little sister. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it's not... There was no real relationship there. So it, 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 the initial scene of him being negatively reacting didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this preemption of like some kind of strong relationship between the two of them growing or existing just doesn't make any sense. None of that fucking makes any sense, but let's go. Let's go. So meanwhile, Azim, who is fresh off being insulted by Duncan, uh, is, is standing up on the wall, sitting up on the wall, messing around with a... Um, he ends up making a... a yeah, Jesus he may, fucking he, Christ. He invents the telescope... Well, yeah, it's more or less a Four, telescope. 400 years before it was actually invented in the Netherlands in 1608. I mean, I, I claimed it as binoculars, even though it's, a, it's more a monocular. Binocular. You know, it's a single binocular. But it's essentially you have a, you know, a lens and then another lens. The problem with that theory is, is a, a, the theory, it, there'd be refraction so of light, which means that the image would be upside down mm-hmm. in that situation, I believe. Which would be even better. But uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking that wrong because my science is a little mm-hmm. hazy. Regardless, once again, you you have this over the top scene of him like taking the sword, like initially reacting that they're right there. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. I yeah, get that. This is the first time that because he that, well, let's let's back because Rob because Azim after seeing he looks through the telescope and sees Guy and his uh, band of incompetent. Soldiers yes. approaching Marion's castle. Right. And he calls up Robin Hood, who joyfully runs up there and says, Hey, look through this telescope that I've just invented. Yes. 400 years before the Netherlands, they invented the Netherlands. Robin looks through the telescope, as you said, since nobody's ever looked at this before except for Azim, because he just invented it in this movie. <laughs> he sees the, 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 the soldiers. The brilliant Muslim. <laughs> yes. Shows the, the moronic Britain. British guy, but but yeah, I mean his reaction makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the problem I have is when he then takes the lens and puts it up to his eye the second time and looks at it, and he realizes that they're not close; they're far away, and he realizes that. Yet he still takes his sword and tries to jab him. Tries to jab him like they're right there, which is like okay, okay. I get the initial reaction. I get it. Okay, first off, the fact that your Muslims are great, once again, you know, British people are morons. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then the secondary reaction is just ridiculous. It's just just unneeded, and it's just, it pisses me off. It fucking pisses me off. This movie pisses me off. I understand why. I'm sorry. Holy crap. I'm sorry. And, of course, you get the the scene where Robin's all shocked and Azeem 
how did your uneducated kind ever take Jerusalem? And yeah. Robin, Robin's like, God knows, dude. How did your uneducated kind ever take Jerusalem? God knows. Well, yeah, and that's another, it's just another piece of it, though. It's like, okay, well, I know I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it directly to your face, and your reaction, instead of getting kind of pissed off about it, is going to be, huh, I don't know. God knows. So Robin realizes that he's not going to be able to kick Guy's ass twice in the same day. Or maybe he would. Or yeah, maybe. I mean, he easily took out the last four guards, <laughs> yeah. and, and the muzzle wasn't even helping that time. Exactly. Who has a gigantic scimitar? So, and they didn't have Duncan. They didn't have, they didn't have Duncan. He's, <laughs> he could be he's sword fodder. Just, hey, Duncan, go around. We're gonna s- <laughs> Duncan, run directly at them. <laughs> and while they're distracted <laughs> with Duncan, <laughs> you shoot him in the back of the head. Manhandling Duncan. So, well, not to mention the fact that, you know, he tries to jab him with a sword, even though he could have just shot him with a bow and arrow, yeah, since you, later on he shoots a, yeah, an arrow in pieces at, at about off. the same exact distance. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point, because he, he picked off several people in the later battle. He could have just stood there and just picked them all off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, they got to run away, because that makes more that sense. Makes, so Robin goes to the Marion. He refuses to leave her side at first, but she's like, no, you have to go. Um so he says, um, no, I'm not going to leave. And Marion says, fine. And then she, and she yells, yells out that he's stealing my horse. He's stealing my horse. To give them an excuse to run. Right. And, of course, before Robin runs away, he slaps Marion's ass. Which is out of place, too. It doesn't make any sense. Does not make She any- is the cousin of the king. Yes. And he is now no longer even a nobleman mm-hmm. because his land has been stripped from him. So he's essentially just an outlaw mm-hmm. that barely knows her, and he's going to slap her on the ass. Okay, yeah. sure. Why the fuck not? Why? Why the fuck? Exactly. Why the fuck? So they end up escaping. They run away, and run. And the guy run and his, away. Guy and his friends are, are fresh, fresh after him. And oh, what? and suddenly there's like a dozen more people chasing him. That's right. Which is because it was like only a couple people, and then suddenly there's a fucking. Brigade coming. It's a bad doesn't video. make any goddamn sense. It's a bad video game where enemies spawn all over the damn place. So what is he, what do you have here? Guy guy taunts Robin. Okay, well yeah they they go into the haunted forest. Well the the soldiers are afraid to go into the haunted forest, mm-hmm. and basically Rob a guy is standing out there saying, "Well your father was a Satanist, and you know." I could kick your ass, and you know, just he's just taunting him. And Robin being, he's the basically blowhard. saying, you know, your your dad is a piece of garbage. So Robin wants to go run out and fight him and the hundred people that he had the advantage to take out earlier. Mm-hmm. Now that he has no advantage whatsoever, he's about to run out and fight them because he called his dad a couple bad names. But Azim talks him out of running into the attack. The, the great one. Yes, the goddamn great one. Y- yeah. The brilliant great one talks him out of doing it. It's I mean Jesus Christ. It only gets better from here, folks. It only gets better. So uh they proceed to escape into sure the haunted Sherwood Forest. <laughs> yes. And come upon Sherwood Forest. Come upon this this river and Robin's the like River Thames. River Thames. And and Robin's like, let me go across. Actually, I, I don't know what river it, it was. It doesn't I'm matter. Just, it, for it this purpose, it probably is a River Thames. 
even though it's very shallow compared to the River Thames and not nearly as wide and doesn't go through London. So anyway, <laughs> that's why I said it was a joke, <laughs> Dick. So so anyway, as, as I was saying, um, Robin, of course, being Kevin Costner. This is where he does. He's no longer Robin. He's just Kevin Costner from here on out. Pretty much. So Kevin Costner is like, you know what? Let me take the horse and see if we can get across. And that's when um, a trap is sprung. He trips over a rope that was hidden in the river. Yeah, I, how, was, I don't know. It didn't even was, make sense. That was put there by people who don't know how to swim. But we'll get to that later. And, and falls on his ass, and that's when we see the second worst English accent of this movie coming out, and that is the voice of Christian Slater in the background, who is Will Scarlet. Yes. Who doesn't initially recognize Robin? Mm-mm. It doesn't make any sense either, especially through the revelations that come later in the movie. It doesn't make sense that he doesn't recognize Robin. But let's no. move on. No, 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 yeah. No, no sense at all. Will Scarlet, you know, played by Christian Slater, uh, nominated for Worst Supporting Actor at the 1992 Razzies. Yes. And uh, he lost to Dan Aykroyd in that. Costner, the, but meanwhile, Kevin Costner. What, would, what movie did Dan Aykroyd lose it for? I'm not Win sure. 92. What would that be? I don't so know. Because I was trying to think if it was the um, the the movie where um, with the daughter and 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 the Home Alone kid, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin dying. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it was that one or not. Because I, I, I can't think of anything else that he would have been doing right around that time. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I my do know. Girl. My girl. Yeah, I, I, my don't, girl. I don't know. Because he was, it, that was a poorly written movie. As much as I actually do like My Girl, but it, the, the, the characters on the outside of that movie, the periphery characters in that movie are poor, really poorly written. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that he got a Razzie for that. But I don't know. I don't know what he would have gotten the Razzie for. I would have liked to know. I don't know either. You didn't do the research. I did not do the research, but He's I did the research garbage. enough that Costner did win worst uh, worst actor. He in, should in have the Razzies, and he beat he beat. Now off. Stallone could have been anything, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, because Stallone could have been Demolition Man. It could have been uh, it, there. There was a ton of movies that came out in the early '90s with with Stallone wait, wait, that wait, were. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say Demolition Man was bad? I don't think the movie was bad, but at the time, it was critically, like, killed. Like, they really killed Sylvester Stallone in that movie, uh, saying that he was a, uh, his acting was horrible in that movie. Well, he just it's Sylvester Stallone. Charms. Look, I don't know if you guys know it, but you're, uh, you're out of toilet paper. Paper? Did, did you say toilet paper? Oh. They used handfuls of wadded paper back in the 20s. Um, a real worst nightmare. So he trips over, he falls on his ass in the water, and that's when Christopher Cross comes back out. This time he's a different, he's a different actor, he's a different uh, role, this being Little John. Yeah. And Little John, who's famous in Robin Hood lore, comes up and says, you have to pay the taxes to cross the river. And Kevin Rotten, Kevin Costner's like, I don't, I don't have anything. Look at me, I'm, I'm going through with this blind ass guy. Yep. And Azim, 
I don't have anything. You it's have like, two servants. Two sir, yeah. You have two servants, and uh, I'll have that cross of yours, of course. It's his father's cross. Why now? Why now? Keep in mind, have we seen another black person in this entire movie? No. No. So why would it be assumed that Azim would be his servant when there's not another black person even yeah. in the goddamn only movie? Only a handful existed in this time period. In it. Like, literally only a handful. That's not so I would think that he would more or less think, what the fuck? Because mm-hmm. it's a black dude, and he probably has never seen a black dude and probably never even knew. But the, the fact that he jumps right to you have two... Servants. Servants. Yeah. It's just weird just and weird. very racist. Exactly. And just... Well, they didn't care about racism. Uh, no, they that. didn't, obviously. They had pl- no political correctness at all. Well, no, it is politically correct. It's politically correct speak because the assumption that he's a servant means that you're now correlating him to slavery. you, you gotta you got to see the full picture of it. Oh, okay. I mean, this, this whole movie is nothing but a politically correct nonsense film that came out, you know, 20 years before SJW... Took over the Fever world. Fever took over the world. But it, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. we're probably starting to piss off some of our audience. So let's move on. Let's move on. We'll edit it out. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So uh, so little John says, all right, how about we, we fight for it, American Gladiator style? Yeah. Because so, that makes sense. Yeah, because little, then little John and Rob, even though yeah, little John has like a like 40 men that could have just easily bested Rob. And it's like, you know what? We'll fight for it with these... These. With these big sticks. Now, okay, this is where I have a problem with this one, okay? Because most other versions I remember, when John Little or Little John or whatever confronts Robin Hood, it's a situation where he's got, like, you know, it's either he, like, they did a similar scene in um, A Knight's Tale mm-hmm. where he had the guy with the big huge rock that's around to come with him and he's got a little tiny rock and he just throws the rock and hits him in the head mm-hmm. it's the same kind of scene in all the other robin hoods when they f- either when, when they have a confrontation it's usually he has like the small weapon and is able to use it quicker than john can because he's so much bigger in this particular case it's a big weapon versus big weapon and it just gives all of the advantage to john so i don't understand how he's going he's obviously not going to outsmart him because he's british Mm -hmm. because everybody and all the british people are stupid in this movie exactly so i don't i don't get it i I just don't get the fight at all or why he would do it well what ends up with the fight is another nut shot. Yeah. Another nut yes, shot. Yes, another nut shot, which is an uh, Another annoying. nut shot. Little John falls into the water, which he helps set up a rope trap with and has lived in the forest forever and realizes, well, he can't swim. Well, and does it not shout? Okay, the only argument I will make, because I knew this was coming, the only argument I would make is that they had, at that point in time, they had gone further down the river than where they usually crossed. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that he thought that it was deeper in that section. It is possible. I will give him that much. You'll have this, but the truth of the matter is, is it's nonsense. It's ridiculous. just like you said. They get this big, huge little John guy, this big Christopher Cross man bear pig guy. Yeah. Was panicking in a foot and a half of water. Yeah, how he how his legs or his just, ass wouldn't have hit the ground 
when he finally stands up and the water basically comes up to his knees. Mm-hmm. So there's no possible way he yeah. didn't feel the ground. There's no possible way. You're like, hell, you saved me life, you know. It's like, uh, just, just, you, you would not have drowned. No. If, if Robin walked away and you start sinking, you would have realized, wait a second, I can stand up. Do you yield? Do you yield? Do you yield? Yuck. So then, all of a sudden, little John and all his friends are like, hey, what the hell not? Come on back to camp with us, guys. Yeah, now we're all friends. And then they're, they're having a campfire. And we're no longer mad at we're you no and longer. your servants. Exactly. They're having the blind man and the... the, the the painted man the that painted we man. we've never seen one before in our lives. Exactly. Fucking dumb. Dumb. Go so, ahead. So, uh, so Robin and, and, and Little John and all the, the main characters around the fire, uh, talking about what happened, and all of a sudden, Robin's like, "We should all band up and go after the sheriff." Like, no, no, like, all of a sudden's going to take 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 the lead. Yeah. Yeah, these are all strangers. He doesn't know them. They're all doing pretty well. And then he just shows up and says, hey, uh, you know, I've got the biggest dick here, so obviously I should be in charge. But even before that, I don't know. I didn't write it down because it just annoyed me. Mm -hmm. They have like a a four to five minute diatribe about him trying not to give uh, Azeem the liquor. Remember, they're passing around the liquor and then... You know, Azim is because he's black, yes. which doesn't make sense doesn't once make again. Sense. Like you said, there's four to five black people in the entire country. The fact that they would have some kind of prejudice against him doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But they're not going to let him drink it. But they hand it openly handed to Duncan, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, let me get this straight. If, they're, if it was a servant thing, then why would you give it to Duncan? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you're introducing racism where there shouldn't be any. It's, it's absurd. It's, it's absurd. just fucking... Just, just, it just... just it, stupid. It stopped being, like, fun and, like, you know, hating on it mm-hmm. and started just driving me fucking nuts, the, the, the nonsense that they just put in this movie. It is. It is <coughs> it's just, just freaking... Yeah, let's move on. Stupid. Come on. It's just stupid. So... So they, they, they all pass out and only after drinking a bunch of mead. Robin wakes up. Kevin Costner wakes up with perfect hair. Perfect hair. Perfectly hair. quaffed hair. Perfectly quaffed hair. Well manicured. feathered perfectly. He's feathered perfectly. He's like, do they still give alms at church? <laughs> it, it's not matted down and no. shitty because yeah. he slept in fucking mud. Yeah, just perfect because he's <laughs> Kevin Costner. And... Then they switched over to Robin Illusion. Do you know how hard it was to find alms? Because I was trying to find the correct spelling of alms, too. I could not. I'm glad you're that diligent when it comes. I really am. I'm really glad. The goddamn spelling for it. I just, I kept looking and I couldn't find it. It took me forever and I finally found it. Well, you found it. Yeah. You're a better man for that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm so really not. Robin, because they don't do that anymore. They don't, no. Everybody half asses things. So Robin's going to go to church. Uh, where uh, we switched the actual the cathedral, and that's where you see Alan Rickman. He's you know because he's he's a devout churchgoer Christian. This is funny because he's looking over at his maid Marian's there as well, and he's he keeps on giving her the stink eye. Well, they would still be Catholics at that point, wouldn't they? In eleven ninety four, I think they would yes, have still they been were Catholics. Ca- they, were Catholics. they wouldn't have been so. Protestants no. or. Everybody's Catholic. Until later. You're correct, sir. They were Catholic. Explains the cardinal. So, 
they see Marion and, and 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 Rickman. They're in different roads, but Rickman just is, just keeps on looking over at her, giving the eye to her. Yeah. Um. It just again, just the way that Rickman's acting, just this. It's the little subtle things yeah. that he adds in that actually just adds to how much you want to hate his character. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the more you want to hate his character, the more, the you, more you just fall in love with him. I just love him in this movie. Exactly. So after the service, uh, Marion goes to light some candles, and that's when Robin Hood, dressed as a beggar, sneaks up on her. Yeah, which doesn't make much sense because why would the beggars be allowed over there? It seemed pretty clear to me that the beggars were only allowed to stand in one section of the church in the back. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. somehow he sneaks over there because why wouldn't they all just go over there if they could go? Mm-hmm. It, it just It's just another little tiny thing that didn't make sense. So here's a really important <clears throat> thing that we're going to bring up now. Okay. There, there, there's something that Marion says to, to, to Robin at this point. Because Robin's updating her on what happened, et cetera, et cetera. After that conversation, Marion's like, "You need to take take a bath." Yes. It doesn't make really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Um, until you find out this is this is what happened. Um, Costner was worried that Alan Rickman was going to upstage him, right? And since Costner was one of the film's producers. He was allowed to edit the project as well. So he actually hijacked the editing process to beef up his scenes and trim down Rickman's scenes. Uh, and one of those scenes that he edited was the part where, and we'll talk about it a little bit, where Costner rubs fresh horseshit all over himself. Right. And Which would have made more sense in this scene correct. than it even then it does later and and it and to be perfectly honest with you I don't think that it would have killed anything if they did it twice no it but it would have definitely been better if they showed it the first time yes. instead of showing it the second time so they actually that the 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 scene where he rubs horse dung over himself which was supposed to take place before this scene was moved later in the movie right so it would make a little more sense that sh- because he smelled like shit mm-hmm. but i mean you know taking a bath i i I don't think that anybody really skulked at that, only because you assume he's been living in the forest, even though his, he's got perfectly quaffed hair. Perfectly quaffed hair. Um, he doesn't, obviously doesn't stink. He was just he was just in the river, so he just took. Well, a he was in the river the day before, yeah. yeah. So it, it would be he would probably stink more when he saw her in the castle mm-hmm. than when he saw her in the church. Correct. Correct. But whatever. Just shows you Costner's ego right here. So Robin eventually... And it's a completely useless scene. It is a useless scene. It's, it's a useless scene. So Robin eventually says, I'm going to go talk to the Cardinal about what my dad confessed to. He finds a Cardinal, and the Cardinal, who looks like a fat Jim Norton, when Jim Norton was fat, I should say, is surprised to see Robin. Of course, Robin goes up to him and gooses him at first. Yeah. It just, it's, it's like, what the hell is going on? He gooses the Cardinal. Well, I, I think... It's to show that they had a previous relationship. The goosing him, the cardinal. Well, I, that yeah. he knew him when he was younger. That, yeah. That's all I know. Well, we, it's the Catholic Church we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> There's, there might have been a relationship there. I, I didn't mean that kind of relationship, but you, you, you get what I'm getting at. I do. 
Uh, you know, it's pro- it's just to show that there's, familia- there's familiarity some... between him and the Cardinal, which is why w- why he would wonder why the Cardinal would believe that his father was a Satanist. Because mm-hmm. it just and that's that's where this whole conversation yeah, that's goes. The Cardinal looks at him and says, "Yes, your father confessed that he was a Satanist and he had to sacrifice all his lands." Um, then we switch over again, still in the cathedral, where the sheriff is 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 coming on to. Marion, and, and part of the reason why he wanted to do that is because he wanted to be next in line for king. But unfortunately, the real genealogy of history wouldn't have worked out that way because Marion would at best have been the uh, illegitimate daughter of Henry II who had a few quite illegitimate kids, and that would have placed her further down the pecking order for him to, the sheriff of Nottingham to marry and then to eventually be king. So... No, not even remotely true. No, but uh, I, I think if you take a simplified look at it, you could get away with that. I'm not. I'm not going to hate on them sim- making you know making stupid, stupid making it stupider for making it for <laughs> stupider people is what I'm trying to get at. Gotcha. You know, just English people, right? <laughs> no, I just mean in general. Like it, you, sometimes you don't want to overcomplicate a concept. Mm-hmm. So. Making it as simple as, po- as as they did, it helps the story along. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm all willing to shit on this movie all over the place, but you yes. kind of have to, you know, there are certain arcs that you need to have for a story to move forward. Yeah. This is one of them. This, this is definitely Even one. though it's, it's nonsense, and you know it's nonsense. And mm. so he ends up giving her his dagger. Yeah, that's important. That's a very important part. Very important. It's, it's part. very important to the later in the story, but it's also a a phallic gesture. Yeah, which we I didn't bring up, but it's it's you know. I didn't think about that, yeah. It's a very phallic thing to give him, and it's he says it's for his protection. So think about that if you want. If you want to go all out and think about it, it's like, okay, so he's going to give him his dagger, which is going to protect him, protect her from the world. So it's essentially a phallic gesture that's a, essentially going, I'm going to be your protector. I'm going to be, yes. So it's, it's, it's a very, it's actually one of the most complex scenes in the freaking movie. Mm-hmm. Is just the stupid him giving her the dagger and him coming on to her is one of the more complicated scenes in the entire movie, which could have only been done by Alec Rick, uh, Alan Rickman been, because the Alan rest Alan. of it was just nonsense. Just, just, just garbage. So, as we say... I know you didn't want to give it that much, but it really is. It's actually one of the most important scenes in the entire movie. You shine like the sun, my lady. You've been meeting with Robin of Loxley. My cousin tells me they may have deprived you of some horses. Yes, a most disagreeable experience. Yes, I know, and for inflicting that upon you, I'm going to hang him from the walls by his own entrails. I would like to see that, my lord. You see, if you'd only bring your household within the city walls, I could give your every need my personal attention. Well, I, I do thank you, my lord, but I much prefer to stay in my family's home for now. Well, then perhaps you'd do me the honor of accepting a small token of my undying devotion to your safety. Oh, King Richard will be deeply moved to hear of your concern for my welfare. Yes, um, 
I'm afraid the king has many enemies, both abroad and at home. I fear for his safe return. Oh, no, fear not, dear Sheriff. He will return, and when he does, he will wish to reward his faithful subjects. This is going to be a three-parter. I guarantee you. Oh, well, then we need to freaking no, move it it's, forward. No, it's, it's, there's no way. It's, it, we're, we're giving this, this movie its due. It's going to be a three-parter. I'm looking at it right now. What time are we at? We're at a one. We're at an hour and forty minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's a three. There's we just we can't. I mean, we're not at the end. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no, I was apologizing to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So again, we're back at Robin's. Uh, Robin and the Cardinal, and that's when the sheriff knocks on the door, opens it up, and there's Robin. That would have been a good pop band name, Robin and the Cardinals. Robin and the it would have been a Robin the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> Birds and Robin Hood and yeah, that's they so, get into a a band war against the Archies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Rickman's facial expression—what is that? You or something like that? And then Robin Hood takes his own little dagger and slices. Uh, yeah, he cuts his cheek. Cuts Rickman's or uh, the Sheriff Nottingham's cheek, and that's when Rickman backs off into Guy. This is Guy's only competent part in the actual movie. Where he's pulling um, the sheriff of Nottingham back. Yeah, yeah, to to save him, which is it is. You're right. It's his only competent only his, scene no. in the whole movie. So then, of course, Robin needs to escape real quickly, and he chops the rope via Errol Flynn. That's that. That was my comment with Errol Flynn because that, that was is. he chops the rope the way the chandelier. The, the chandelier, you know, shoots comes down so it shoots him up to the ceiling and they that's the same kind of scene that you would you saw in the earlier versions of Robin Hood. It's a scene that almost always shows up in a Robin Hood yes, movie. Yes, when he's, you know, prancing you know, around. Of course, sometimes he swings across on the chandelier, other times he uses the chandelier as a as a weight, a counterweight to shoot him up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it always shows up in every Robin Hood film. So I wouldn't be surprised if it comes up in the new one. It probably will. It probably will. So, as you said, he shoots up into the, to the ceiling. The sheriff is actually great, great line delivered by Rickman. The best line of the movie, in my opinion. And Ra- and Cot Costner, again, as you said, in Saving the World Mode, then it begins. Yeah, it's uh, you know that his his retort is so horrible that it almost takes away from. I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. So Robin steals the sheriff's horse. Sheriff races after him, and then proceeds to beat this. Robin escapes. And then beats and the sheriff beats this crap out of a guard. Yeah, and which I, I love that scene too. I I really it's just Rickman, man. I don't know what the yeah. hell it is. As bad as this movie is, Rickman saves every scene every he's in. Scene, yeah. He comes out and just starts beating the shit out of him. I wonder how much of that was improv because he's beating the crap out of him, which is funny. And then he starts to walk away and he comes back and he hits him one more time. That is awesome. That yeah. is a great scene. And He's st- stealing the sheriff's horse. I thought was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it, it's just a, a kind of a fuck you, but it's just that that whole sequence is very good. Very good. It's it's probably the highlight of the movie. It, it, unfortunately, you know what? It probably I didn't think about that. And of course, as you said later, guy 
asks the sheriff, why a spoon cousin? Why a spoon cousin? Why not an axe? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. I want this brigand found. Starve them out. Slaughter them. No. Take their livestock. I want Loxley's own people fighting to bring his head in. Well, perhaps we could create a name for him. Something to drive fear into the hearts of the populace, maybe. Loxley the lethal or reeking Robin. Whatever. I want him dead by the next full moon before the barons come back. Now so. Keep the stitches small. Why not an axe or something else? He didn't finish. He, he didn't said, finish. or a, and he gets cut off by the sheriff. Because it's dull, you twit. <laughs> It'll hurt more. It'll hurt more. <laughs> just, that line is the line. That yeah. It's just the line of the movie. It really is. I love that line. As bad as this movie is, I always love that line. Yeah. That, that, it's it's right. hard not to. It's, that, it's, that is it's delivered perfectly. That that whole scene is definitely the best, even with Kosher saying. And then, then he's it like, begins. and then he's getting he's getting sewed up, and he's like, make the stitches small. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a lady. Every man. line he delivers is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He makes the movie. So then then there is just a he Nottingham was like, we got to find Robin Hood. And he sends out his his uh, goon squad, his goon squad to start burning down all the vill- all the piece of junk villages that are just yeah. mud huts. It just looks like trash. And as he's burning them, the poor people are like, "What? Are, what is this because of?" And they're saying, "We need to show it, bandit. Bring them to us." Robin of the Hood. Robin of the Hood. Ugh. And that's where all these villagers. Ugh. Some- that, they literally say Robin of the Hood the same year as Boys in the Hood came out. It's just not going to... It doesn't fly very well. No, it does not. No, it does not. Now, these villages that are, they burned up, somehow the villagers find their way to the hidden, super hidden camp. Yes, yes. It's in the middle of the woods. Yeah, how they managed to do that, I have no idea. And that's where Will is confronting Robin about, look at what you've caused. This was... This is all your fault. This was all your fault. And then fake English, we're doing a better English accent than then. And uh, there's a confrontation where Robin ends up Shooting Will Scarlet through the hand. Yeah, uh, I I didn't like any of this scene. What you have us do? Fight armored men on horseback with 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 rocks in our bare hands? Needs be. But with the one true weapon that escapes you, Will. Courage. Once again, at this point in time, Will knows who Robin is. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're not we're not spoiling anything. This movie was in 1992. Right. Will Scarlet ends up being Robin's brother. It comes out later in the movie. We'll get to it. But Will knows that it's his brother. At what point in time would he turn around and try to stab his brother in the back? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean. Yes, I understand the animosity. I understand him, you know, having a level of hatred because of the life that he ended up having mm-hmm. 
which doesn't make sense either because, of course, why didn't he have a better life after Robin left and had been gone for four years? Mm -hmm. it, you know, why wouldn't he have been accepted in by Loxley at that point? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Like, it, there's just too many gaps in this whole fucking story. But the fact that he's willing to stab his brother in the back... And Robin, of course, once again, the savior of us all, manages yeah. to stave off the, the attack and shoot him in the hand. Shoot him in the hand. Which where? is the, only, the one place that would disarm him but not really do any real damage. Doesn't make... It doesn't... It do, who the hell would shoot somebody in the hand? It doesn't make sense. I don't, I, I don't know. I, let alone with a bow and arrow. No, so, no, 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 no. So that point, Robin Hood, Kevin Costner being the savior of the world, decides, you know what... I'm good. There's got these new villagers that just came in that somehow found us. I'm going to. He's all full of piss and vinegar. He's he's giving this big freedom of speech to everybody, Ugh. getting them all riled up. <laughs> I will make you no promises save one. That if you truly believe in your hearts that you are free, then I say we can win. I got armor. I got armor, boy. Even this boy can be taught to find the chinks in every suit of armor. But we ain't got nothing to eat! What do we need that the forest cannot provide? We have food, wood for weapons. We'll find safety and solace in our trees. Yeah, but what about our kin? Shutters taking all they got, too. And by God, we take it back. This is one old guy. They, they can some, never take our freedom! And some <laughs> of the people are questioning him. There's this really old, scrappy guy, another-looking guy, but we've got nothing to eat! But we ain't got nothing to eat! <laughs> of course, this guy looks like he couldn't contribute anything to camp, regardless of where no, he was at. they literally <laughs> should have just killed him and <laughs> ate him. Just seriously, crazy old guy. I mean, you have to see this movie. <laughs> like, we, they've taken everything they've got. By God, we will take it back. Ugh, yeah. Again, Ugh. how did he become the leader of these people within 48 hours? Uh, because he says stupid shit, and everybody's, like, too dumb to realize that it's stupid. So somehow they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. Maybe Azim was on to something. Maybe. So there's... We talked about montages and the Ghostbusters. Yes, and this is the montage of this movie, and which is the weapon building and training section of the movie, where somehow they're smelting swords, and you know the, the creation of bows and arrows seemed awfully easy, but the smelting of swords, or, or at least stealing of swords, you don't see it, mm -hmm. so I don't know what they did. To get the swords, but they had hundreds of swords, hundreds, hundreds of bows, these, a, you know, twenty-three arrows. Let's put it this: way. in order to <laughs> in order to be able to make these swords, you had to be a skilled craftsman. Yes, and skilled craftsmen back in the day were like lawyers and doctors. They are that are today. They're in the nest. They're necessary. Oh yeah, that's they not toot our own horn. They no, Mr. They, lawyer or computer programmers. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> We're the peons that do <laughs> the shit that you can't. How about or, that? Fuck you. And so they would have been in like in the, in the in the in demand in the cities and all that. Sure. They wouldn't have been out in some and here's another thing. The village they lived in, mud huts, 
during this montage where you see them starting off firing arrows out in the space and eventually becoming everybody's an expert yeah. bowman, everybody's an expert in weaponsmith, blacksmith. And they're making the Ewok Fletcher. village at the same time. Exactly. They're making the Swiss family Robinson Ewok village. Look, anything like centuries better than the stuff they were living in before. Yeah. They have an entire Atlantis set up in the middle of Sherwood Forest. Why would they leave? No. Uh, yeah, at this point, who gives a shit? Why? Why? Who cares? Just doesn't, doesn't. We have everything that we need. Yes. He even says, we have everything <laughs> that we need, and what we don't need, what we don't have, the, the woods will provide. Provide us. But you know what? Vengeance. Uh, yeah, we need to take back our shitty, you know, rock formation with some hay on top of it. Because mm-hmm. that was our home. Not really? <laughs> we need to take back Stonehenge. <laughs> That was Jesus our home. Christ, it's so, nonsense. So the montage ends with Robin with that with that scud arrow where he shoots uh, shoots an arrow clear across Sherwood Forest. Yeah, literally it, yeah. from one side of the forest to the next far set side. The scud arrow. We get the point of view of the arrow flying through a thousand trees and landing <laughs> smack dab in the middle of. Uh, it would have been a better scene had we not seen it a dozen times before via you know Sam Remy. You know, because Sam Remy did the same exact thing a year before in Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness, one of our favorites. Important note here, another historical inaccuracy. All these, the the longbows they're using are actually the Welsh longbows. Um, And they really didn't become, come into the hands of the English until eh, the the late 13th century. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know the history of longbows. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah, so I mean, longbows themselves have been around since like the Neolithic area. Like you know, just pretty. They're they're old. But as far as actually the Welsh longbow, you're saying, no, they didn't come in the hands of people like Robin Hood until the late 13th century. So I think it's more important. I, I mean, we you can assume that they stole the swords. But they make it pretty clear that they made the arrows. So the fact and that the they're longbows. making perfect arrows yes. in the middle of a forest, it, all it just fletchers. becomes exceptionally hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to believe that three guys were busting ghosts in the middle of New York City <laughs> while they were playing the Ghostbusters theme song. That was right. a little easier to believe. Exactly. Than this montage. Than this, than this montage. And, of course, then they start saying, you know what, we're going to start robbing the king's carriages. And the first carriage they rob... Yes, because we. why would you fucking take carriages through the middle of this... Fl- <laughs> this even haunted, when they make the, the argument... Forest, the haunted forest. Yes, even when they make the argument that it's the fastest way from here to London. Okay, but this is a haunted forest that the soldiers are afraid to go into... Yes. But the noblemen yes, they, are going to go through it without... Unprotected. Yeah, unprotected, Un- unprotected. Completely unprotected. They got two guards running their fucking thing. Yeah. It's nonsense. Not it, nonsense. Jesus Christ doesn't make any fucking sense. Also note the first carriage they pulled over, there was a princess there that was bare looking at Mary and Antonio, Master Antonio, whatever her name was. Yeah. She should have had the lead, in my opinion. I'm not going to shit on Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. She's a nice lady. Okay. <laughs> sure. Like PJ Souls. No, P.J. Souls is hot, though. I mean, come ah. on. P.J. Souls should have had the role. She should have. I mean, she would have been about 30-ish, 30-ish at, at that yeah. time. That's hey, I would have had no problem with that. So, so now, that, now that they're getting upset because Robin's starting to steal money, and you see this perfectly printed 
wanted poster go up. Yeah. In, in modern English. Yeah. Perfectly printed. Yeah, because it's, you know, printing press and all. The printing press was apparently invented back in 1194. I was about to say Eli Whitney, and I was, like, way off on that one. Like, who the fuck did the printing press? I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. That was the cotton gin. Yes, I know it was the cotton gin. Who did the printing I press? I said that because I want the people in the audience to know that I was extremely intelligent. Oh, okay. Like I'm floating my own boat, sliding myself in the back. Well, I was obviously making fun of myself at the same time. I'm sorry. Who I'm did sorry. the printing press, smartass? That was, um, I want to edit it in here, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, and now I'm thinking Thomas Edison. No, that, it wasn't That's Edison. way too no, late. What's his name? I, it's going to come to me. It will come to me. It'll come to me after the show and edit it in here. Uh, yeah, you fuck. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not editing. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Um, so now that she's starting to, there's the establishment of Robin Hood. You know, he's a, he's the wanted, you know, guy who gives the poor, well, we'll stop or He's robbing the rich now. Um, and Rickman is, is just, is at this point, he's, he's, uh, going off. We reckon he's nicked three to four million in the last five months, sir. All right, then, fine. Raise the bounty on his head. 25,000 crowns. Begging your pardon, sir. It won't do no good. How much you raise it? Really, Scribe, and why is that? Because, sire, the poor, you see, he gives them what he takes, so, well, sire, they love him. Just a minute. Robin Hood steals money from my pocket, forcing me to hurt the public, and they love him for it? Yes. That's it. Cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans. No more merciful beheadings. And call off Christmas. He's going off. Oh, he's losing it, dude. He's losing it because Robin Hood's out there. He's getting the favor of the people by robbing from him and giving it to the poor. Yes. In, in yes, kind of. Mm-hmm. He takes all the gold and puts it in a room. In a, in a, in a room. But I guess he does use a little bit to buy food for the outlaws, I, I and he gives a little bit to the a little bit to the people kinda, living in the cities. Exactly, a little bit, a uh, little bit. I, I don't know, whatever. So, so, so Rickman is in this room with a scribe, wondering how much they have to raise the bounty to to capture Robin Hood, and that's when the scribe the scribe frets. We reckon he's nicked three to four million in the last five months. Yeah, sire. that that fucking line really bothered me uh, when it came up, and when you pointed it out on this, I was like, "Yeah, that was pretty much what I was thinking." But I thought, "Well, maybe I'm wrong." But because England would have been the richest nation in the world at the time, but still, three to four million seemed to be a bit much. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> he essentially stole the entire crown revenue for five months, which would have accounted to about 250 billion pounds. That's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had 250 billion dollars in his little hypes. Why didn't they just go buy a nation? You know? Uh, yeah. Enough of this vengeance. Yeah, well, yeah, he had three to four million in a little tiny hut in the woods. It didn't quite look like that much to me, but. Whatever, you know. So then, like you said, Rickman's like losing his mind. <laughs> this is great. The, the one scene where he increased, they, you see the sign where it increased to, to 
a thousand crowns. Mm-hmm. That's only important because earlier in the movie, you know, Robin said, "What's my reward at?" And she says, two hundred and fifty. And he says, "That's not. That's nothing until it's at least a thousand or something." Mm-hmm. So then they have it at a thousand, and. You know, Rickman's done losing his fucking mind. He's, he's, he is, he's running around. He's like, you know, stone people, you know. Uh, <laughs> he cancels Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that line was wonderful. Because <laughs> he's leaving the scribe in the room, and before he slams the door, he's like doing all this, do this, do this, and cancel Christmas. And cancel Christmas. And then he's walking through the hall. The treasury is empty. All day, I don't like People plague my door, whining, but tax relief and safe passage through Sherwood Forest. We cannot pay thee what the highwayman has taken. It's the shortest route to London, sire. It's the only road to London, you little ferret. Sir Guy's patrols have found nothing, sire. No camp, nothing. This hooded viper simply slithers into the forest. You, Myram, 10.30 tonight. You, 10.45. Bring a friend. He goes and sees the statue that he had. Uh, he had. He had uh, that was there earlier. Earlier, and he notices there's the someone drew a scar on his cheek, <laughs> and he's like, he looks at it like ah, and yeah. then he goes past a couple girls and says, um, "You." He points to the one girl, "You, my room, ten thirty tonight," and it's another young woman, "You, ten forty-five." And bring a friend. Yeah, that's another great line and by him. Very important note here. He literally invented modern time at that point. Really? Yes. How is that? 10.45, 10.30 tonight. They didn't use the 12-hour time period back then. Oh, I didn't know. I, oh, yeah. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. yeah he so when, when did that start? I had no idea, but oh. it wasn't in 11, whatever the hell we're at. 11.49, 94, whatever yes. the hell it was. Yes. We're only getting around. It's, yeah, but it's a great line. It's still a great line. It's still a great and, line. What and and that I mean that's just two scenes in a row that Rickman just carries you know yes. carries us forward. So anyway, yes. now we have Friar Tuck. From, yeah, introduce of Don Delaware. For, yeah, Ugh. Ugh. Now now I didn't have a problem with the guy who played him. I mean, you said like he looked like Dom Delaware, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what you expect to see from Friar Tuck, a big fat dude, because that's what we we've always seen is the big fat guy. Uh, I don't know that he was always a alcoholic, but he may have been. I just don't remember. Blind, freaking alcoholic. So he's with he's with guy. This yeah. is important. He's with guy and like twenty guards. Twenty guards are escorting uh, Friar Tuck, who, again, for you history buffs out there, you'll know that friars weren't even around here. Uh, the Saint Francis didn't invent the concept of this wandering friar. Until 1209, which is a clear 15 years after the day of this movie. Yeah. And the Franciscans didn't even come to England until 1224. Which was clearly 30 years later, <laughs> if you do. It, yeah. For all you math uh, people out there, people. all you computer programmers <laughs> out there. And well, you wanted to throw it out to the historians, I, I, so right. I needed to throw it out to the math. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's 30 years. 30 people. years. Um, there is, a, there is a historical accuracy, <laughs> though. There's a ding, 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 ding. Most of the songs that Friar Tuck sings are actual medieval melodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you told me that, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. From the 13th century. Oh, well, 
less interesting then. <laughs> because that's 200 years uh, too late, but whatever. Or whatever, whatever. Well, 100 years too 100 late. 100 years. So they, they, so Robin Hood and his men lay this trap where Guy and, and his band, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a false flag operation where up ahead you see Robin Hood set up two guys yeah. to distract Guy and the, and the other knights to run after him, leaving Friar Tuck, drunk tire Friar Tuck. And about half as many men. Yeah, unprotected, and that's when um, they attack from both sides, take them out, mm-hmm, and him. then they get the the wagon. So by yes. the time Guy comes back, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone, and that's when. Um, <laughs> so it looks like the forest just swallowed them up. Swallowed them up. The haunted forest. Yeah, and Guy at this point knows. Oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's just all he could think. Oh shit! Oh that shit! Oh shit! So I'm sorry, I'm cousin. So, I'm sorry. So Robin Hood goes up. Kevin Costner walks up to to uh, Friar Tuck, and Friar Tuck, who are you? Good morning, my reverend friend. You travel with poor company when you travel with Nottingham soldiers. Taxi! I'm Robin of Loxley. And my men are thirsty. Robin Hood! Lord bless me! I mistook you for common thieves! But Robin Hood! Like being the boisterous drunk friar. Yeah. Then proceeds to kick Robin Hood right in the face. Uh, yeah. And this yeah. is where hilarity yeah. ensues. Yes, because we have fat guy in a tiny coat <laughs> taking on David Spade as they run around, and David Spade manages to get the better of fat guy in a little okay. coat. You wish them to share in the good Lord's brew? And the way he gets him this time is Friar Tuck manages to escape with his with his carriage and is bragging about it, <laughs> holding one hand full of beers, saying, you can't catch whatever he says. And as he's escaping, of course, there is a low-hanging branch that smacks a fat guy in a little coat clear off the cart. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I think most people would call that low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. And, of course, as punishment, they make Friar Tuck literally haul the entire like cart. He, yeah. What, I don't know where the other horses went. They, I don't know. Either. I don't remember anybody riding the horses that were carrying the cart, but for some reason they decided to use him as a horse, mm-hmm. and he looks like he's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> Just and sweating. just fall over. I mean, like literally in real life. Yeah, in he real life, like the actor die. was about to have a heart attack. So, and I'm sure he wasn't really dragging that through the woods, but he looked like he was about to die. Yeah, that so wasn't. I can say I can say that it was either you know he was either about to die, or that was some really good makeup. <laughs> he was about to die. So we flash to the third BDSM dungeon of the movie, where. Uh, Nottingham is is making more his own swords 
um, again in San Francisco brothel, and that's when Guy shows up. He's making Spanish steel swords, which, yeah, okay. I mean, and the, the difference between Spanish steel and English steel, by the way, is just the way that they smelt the the steel. It's just the the temperature that they take the uh, the steel up to and the way that they actually... Mm-hmm. Uh, smelt it, but it, it's not. There's nothing really different between the metals, though. Per se, no, nothing, it's just, just one, the way that they are produced. Right, right. So that's it's kind of misleading, but it's once again, it's just another little jab at the British. <laughs> like the Spanish are better, which you can make the. There's correlations you can make. I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, it just it's just a lot of political nonsense in this movie. So it's this, just it's well hidden though. It's it is well hidden as as, as compared to like nowadays where it's just right in your face and out in the open. Back then they kind of hid this shit a little better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's the same Hollywood. It's, it's the same, same Hollywood same. now as it was you know twenty, thirty, forty years ago. Correct. But Correct. anyway, moving on. So so guy has to tell his cousin, the sheriff of Nottingham, the bad news that again. Robin Hood uh, kicked his ass. Kicked his ass. And now for, what, a third time? Third time, so. <coughs> uh, at this point, Nottingham's had enough. You were ambushed, cousin. Spanish steel. Much stronger than our native blades. <coughs> Any losses? In truth, all of them. And the gold? Taken. Robin Hood? They were woodsmen, cousin. Robin Hood. Try, cousin. Right. Right. We must be strong. We can't allow an outlaw to make fools of us. And I can't allow a lieutenant to fail me. Well, at least I didn't use a spoon. Good steel. And <laughs> proceeds to impale his own cousin. At least I didn't use a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another uh, well-delivered line. Not as good, not as strong as the other lines, but it's still a well-delivered line. And then after he kills his cousin, looks at the sword. <laughs> good steel. Yeah, once again, there's no difference in the steel. No difference. No difference. Which is a difference in how it's produced, but... Uh, they definitely make it sound like there's something more to it. But anyway, let's go forward. It, it doesn't matter. So meanwhile, Marion and the Pioneer Woman are walking through Sherwood Forest, Haunted Sherwood Forest. Yeah, I don't even remember that. what her name is. It's called Pioneer Woman. I know you do, but <laughs> I'm trying to actually remember what her name is in the story. I don't know. I don't remember at all. It's not important. No, I don't even think they even use it in the movie. It's not important. Anyway. So... And um, the there's two guys on guard 
Two incompetent, oh, yeah, you know, you know, two incompetent guys, and they perceive one of them is Bull, Bull, yeah, who actually has a name, and the other one is nameless guy number three, nameless guy number three, and these in two incompetent fools uh, end up getting themselves in trouble with Marion, and they give away. Well, they're outwitted. They're outwitted. I'm sorry, outwitted. Go ahead. Because they, yeah, they just they. they I mean, they're not. Take you know, there at least there's no kind of real physical confrontation. Mm-hmm. They're just outwitted, outwitted because, of course, they're men and she's a woman, mm-hmm. and so she's smarter. Exactly, and <clears throat> they are forced to give away Robin Robin's. Uh, I guess you could make the argument that she's royalty, and they're peasants. Peasants. I guess sure. you could make that argument, but I think it was more in line with you know. She's a woman, and they're just moronic men. They are very moronic women. They are. I mean, just but I mean, the leader that you don't give away the leader of, your, of where you're at. Oh, he's taking a bath right now. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. <laughs> We're going to take you back to our camp and show you where our leader is, who's butt ass naked. Buck ass naked. Let's get to that. So he he escorts. Um, they escort Marion and Pioneer Woman to this this waterfall with this. And Marion just stands there. And just eye rapes. Yeah, I mean, she's just rubbing one out and just, eye raping just, him. I mean, it's just, just ridiculous. It, I mean, it is, it is borderline disturbing the way she's looking at, that she's acting through this. Now, be careful. You're venturing into PC I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> so, meanwhile, you see, quote, unquote, Kevin Costner swimming in the water and then reveals his ass. Yeah, Gosh. which which is really weird because it doesn't doesn't seem to match the colorization of the rest of his body. There's a reason why. Why is that, Jimmy? Because it's a stunt ass. Ooh, really? <laughs> it's not. Yes, it's not his real behind. It's yeah. not. That's the, that is a. Remember, Costner has a huge ego. Yes, so his ego was big enough that he's like, you know what, my derriere doesn't look good enough for this part, mm. so I'm going to have. But it's not it's not completely un unforeseen because there's been comments about how Mel Gibson used a stunt ass in Lethal Weapon Two, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely did this. They did a whole bit in Loaded Weapon One where he's redoing that whole scene, mm-hmm. and uh, Emilio Estevez has a <laughs> whole stunt man's body. Where it's all like bricked out, and he's got this beautiful ass in <laughs> <laughs> his head on, on this beautiful body. Like, it, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a. Mm-hmm. It was something that happened more often than, mm-hmm. I mean, stunt tits and stunt ass yes. and that kind of that shit pops up all over the place. But something very important that Mika pointed out to me as she was watching this, she's like. They could have hired a better stunt ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, hell she yeah. Like, it wasn't a great really? ass. It's no, like, not at all. It's like they must have ran out That's of That's why initially I thought it was him, <laughs> because it just didn't look that great, even though it was the colorization was so off. Off. Terrible. Because, like, yeah, I don't expect his ass to be as tan as the rest of his body, but so- he's not running around in cargo shorts. I mean, not cargo shorts, in, like, uh, Daisy Dukes. Mm-hmm. So how the hell is it that his tan line goes all the way up to his ass cheek? <clears throat> Worst stunt ass of all time. Yeah, I think I looked. I, th- I think I played. You know, yeah. paid too much attention to his. You stunt might ass. have. You might have. You, at least it was not PC Paul that we're dealing with. No, you'd have been like PC Paul. Like this was a completely unnecessary scene. Yeah, Marion shouldn't be eye raping <laughs> Robin, who's just swimming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just doing what he told her to do. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> this 
piece so, of garbage. So, so Robin's surprised to see Marianne and, 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 and proceeds to... The outlaw camp. Take her a tour of Swiss Family Robinson camp. And again, showing how wonderful they have it. I mean, they, they literally have a small town there now. Where oh, you yeah. Have, where you have Friar Tuck giving a sermon about beer. Yeah, and dude, it's, it's, it's decked out at this point. Like, they have the full Ewok village, and, like, they got the whole thing there. Like, the only thing that they aren't doing is selling prostitutes. I mean, it's, yeah. that, it's that much of a city at this point. It's that, In you, the middle of hey, the woods. We don't know what Duncan's up to. He might have been selling prostitutes. He could have been. Because we know what kind of person Duncan is. Yeah, he, yeah. He's fucking... Just, just terrible person. He is. He's a horrible, horrible so, human being. So... Um, this is this is the the foundation of Marion and Robin Hood's romance. This is it right here. This is what's developing in these scenes you see. Which, once again, when you watch the earlier scenes in the movie, they don't make any goddamn sense because there's no true romance between the two of them until now. Because she thinks he's stealing the money and keeping it for himself. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know that he's... She finds out now that he's been grabbing all this money and putting it to the side and saying, look, this is blood money. This is money to, you know, take over the country and shit. Like, this is really fucked up. Like, she didn't know any of that until right now. Right now, exactly. So her feelings... And, you know, other than her rubbing one out on the side of the mountain, Mm -hmm. like... There There's was no need for... There was no romantic belief between nothing, the two of them. Nothing, Not you, to mention the fact that, let's look at his body. I mean, once again, he was at war for four years and then in a prison for three months mm-hmm. and then on a rickety boat for four months mm-hmm. and yet he is not the most lean of people. Correct. He's... He's, he's, uh, he's got a little bit poor- of chunk... Little chunk. He's porked up in a few days. Yeah, I mean, he's not fat, but he's not. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's not, not the skinny yeah. rail that he should be exactly. because of all those things. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it you know, there. This whole scene <laughs> is just to. It's just to establish the romance. Yes, this that's is, all. This all. This is. is how shallow it is. It, it is. It really it's is shallow. You have the scene where he's shooting an arrow, and the and you know, a little the little wolf kid. Is uh, trying to shoot an arrow. He doesn't do quite as well. And of course, Costner's got to step in, swinging his around, and says, "Yeah, let me show you." And you can't do it with distraction. And uh, so then she blows, blows in his ear. In his ear, but I thought he, I always thought he she blew in his eye, which would have made more sense to make him miss that bad. But blowing in his ear is not going to cause him to miss a shot that hard. I mean, he shoots the arrow like. He might as Freaking. well shot. Well, he almost hit somebody. He almost hit somebody. <laughs> almost hit the stunning ass. So he's just stupid again. Which, by the way, why is anybody standing behind <laughs> where they're shooting arrows? They're the English. We've established the oh, English that's are right. morons. I, forgot. I in this keep movie. forgetting. I you keep forget that the English are morons in this movie. So again, as you said, then eventually Robin Hood leads Marion to the. Um, the, gold, the gold house. Yes. We'll the, the gold tent. Three to four million dollars worth of gold. <laughs> Just in this hut. <laughs> in nobody this small had a, hut in the woods. Nobody had an inclination in the middle of the night to say, you know what? I'm done with this forest living stuff, even though it's yeah, great but, living. Yeah. I'm going to go to France with a million dollars of gold. Yeah. I'm going to set myself up. And I'm up. just going to buy France. <laughs> I, I Literally, I'm I, buying I'm France. Going to, I am going to buy Because a million France. dollars probably didn't even, you know, a million dollars worth of gold may not even 
the concept might not even have existed at the time. Exactly. It's stupid. I don't even know if the number one million existed in 1194. I don't know. I don't know. I would. I should look that up. You should look that up. So, at this point, this is when Robin is getting in touch with his feelings with Marion. Reveals that he spoke to his dad out of anger and didn't get a chance to apologize. Blah blah blah. Yes. But this also sets up the Will Scarlet aspect, which it's not exactly clear that he has a brother, but it's obvious that her his father had another lover after his mother died. And, you know, Robin really got pissed off because he felt like she, you know, she, he was replacing his mother. Um, so he got pissed off and he jumped in his shit. And his so his dad literally gives up his lover. Mm-hmm. But that's still not good enough. Not good enough for Kevin Costner. No. And he pitches a bitch fit. Then he, and then he also says this blood money is uh, was sent to buy off King Richard's enemies to to try to have an uprising against King Richard. Right. Uh, now, how he would know that, I have no idea. I, uh, he just Because he's telepathic. Yeah. I, I don't know how he knew that. The, the, the movie doesn't make that clear, how he found that out. And Marion feels good, so good about what he's doing that he, she donates the jeweled dagger. Which doesn't mean anything to the, her. The phallic symbol from Nottingham donates the jeweled dagger, the phallic symbol, to the gold hut. And as Marion leaves, Costner's like, I like that phallic symbol. Better than mine. Uh, better than mine. I'm going to take it for myself. <laughs> right. So now he's in the possession of Nottingham's phallic symbol. Yes, which leads us to much later in the movie. Yes, it does. Now, <laughs> the next scene. So there's an establishment of this caring emotional connection, I guess you can say. And we, we, we switch to at nighttime when there's a party outside. Everybody's carrying on because they want to be yeah, secret. It's, it's literally the party at the end of Return of the Jedi. It is. You're right. They're, they're just a... dancing around, and you're just waiting for the Ewoks to start singing that shitty song. <laughs> they're having the time of their lives. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the re-released ones. I'm talking about the original, the original Ewok one. village yes. where they were singing that really shitty that song. That really shitty song. Terrible. Anyway. So, so... But in, meanwhile, inside, Little John's pioneer wife, yes. who looks like Pioneer Woman. I'm Reed Drummond, and all my recipes have to be approved by cowboys, hungry kids, and me. Here's what's happening on the ranch. The other Pioneer Woman. I can't remember her name either. She's, she's pregnant and uh, trying to get birth, and Fire Tuck is in there. Fanny, isn't it? Fan- it's Fanny, yeah, Fanny, I think. It might be Fanny. So you have uh, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio... Kevin Costner, Little John, Friar Tuck, and Azim are all in the tent with her, and the Friar Tuck throws his hands up and... Oh, not, no, she's dead. No, I can't do a damn thing. Nope, she ain't I'm fucked. Her. She's fucked. But no. It, the fact that Azim <laughs> even knew that the baby wasn't in the right position, how he would know that just by walking into the tent and looking, because it didn't look like he actually did any kind of investigation. No, he just... I don't know what other way to put that. Does he just miraculously, yeah, he just knows what happened. And, and, and there's an argument about him. He's saying, I just need a needle and a twine or something. Let me do it. And there's an argument about, don't let him touch her. Fanny, your baby has not turned. It cannot be born without help. He is a devil's seed sent to lead us astray. Don't listen to him. He will kill her. If you do not listen to me, she will certainly die. And the child. No! Oh! 
The good friar's done all he can. I suggest you let them all try. So be it. Then be it on your head, I warned you. Yes. And Friar Tug's like, fine, whatever, and, and, and leaves. Which leads us to the fifth or sixth time in this movie where we have to just suspend disbelief because Muslims are the best thing that ever happened and the British are a bunch of morons. So Azim is implied performed a cesarean section. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's implied. It seems pretty goddamn evident. Like, yeah. you know, the only thing they could have done was actually put it on the screen. Yeah. So it, it's it's pretty evident that he performs a cesarean on this woman in the middle of the woods in a shitty, like, little dirt, uh, um, I, just, you know. Yeah, it's just, just ridiculous. Why? Because he's seen a horse. It happened the horse a couple times. Well, even But even beyond all that, I mean, she would, the chance of infection mm-hmm. would have been outrageously high. The fact that he would even know that this is a possibility, the fact that he's seen a horse mm-hmm. have this procedure happen on the... What are the odds of that? Hey, here's the thing. Prior to the 16th century, these C-sections were generally performed when the mother was going to die or had, or had other, uh, otherwise died. Right. And it was presumed before the 19th century that when this was performed, the woman was going to die. The mother was shot. dead. They, they were just, there was they, no chance that the mother was yeah. going to live. Yeah, and even if somehow they survived the procedure, as you just mentioned, hygiene back then wasn't exactly great. No. To combine so with, she would have been dead within days from yes. just infection. And this is important. Which they would have called the Black Death or some other nonsense. This is extremely important. Was that? Okay, the fact that a C-section performed, she probably would have gotten infected or died. Yes. So she would have been in bad shape regard no matter what. At at a minimum, at a minimum she would have been in really bad shape after this. Right. And okay, so let's just say everything went perfectly because he is a Muslim and you know, he he's better than all the rest of us. And even though Muhammad pro- pro- prohibited them from performing C-sections. I didn't know that, but well, that's a good thing to that's, know. That's a good thing to know even though Muhammad prohibited them from performing C-sections and you keep on going. So even if all of that goes perfectly, everything goes perfectly, she still probably wouldn't be able to be running around the next day since, you know, she would have had a big gaping wound in her stomach it where gets, that, that was sewn up. It gets, it, it gets better. It gets so much better. So out pops a four-month-old, yeah. and, and it goes right to Marion. Why... Because she's the, I guess, leading actress, and then she gets... Because of, uh, what is that? Noctu, Noctu, uh... Oh, what's that law? of the first woman or something like that. I thought that's when, like, the king could take... Gets to sleep with the woman on the first yeah. day of their life. Well, yeah. she, apparently, the not well-known <laughs> is the flip side of that, that's where right. a cousin of the king has first right to sleep with a baby when they're born. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly what happened, of course. <laughs> Marion looks at the baby, makes sure the baby's okay, then takes the baby over to a very conscious Fanny. Yes, who's perfectly fine. <laughs> who's perfectly fine, doing fantastic. And, and she's been sewn up already. She's been I don't sewn- know how, because none of that happened. And, then, and Robin looks over at, at Azim saying, You truly are a great one. 
you are truly a great one. Remember his name yes. meant the great one? Ugh. You are truly oh. And of course, little John takes the baby, the four-month-old, and runs out, to, runs out outside and proceeds to take it into the mass of humanity, not well, worrying about... Now, this is where that one cutscene is, where uh, Friar Tuck takes um, Azim behind the tent and just literally fillets him. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Yes. So Saying, that happened. And says, you know... And oh, then when he was done, he's like, okay, let's go get some mead. Well, I can't drink. Okay. All right, then mead for me. Mead for me. Now let's go, my barbarian friend. <laughs> Once again. He wipes his lips clean. <laughs> this is so fucking Holy dumb. shit, this is, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so this like. is, as I said earlier in the, movie, in the podcast, this is where I literally wrote on our write-up, we still have a fucking hour to go. <laughs> Seriously. There's an hour left in the movie at this point. Yes. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I don't think it's going to take us an hour to get through the rest of this. No. But Hopefully it takes us 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, then we need to speed this up. No. Good God, dude. I know. I didn't realize that we were going this long. So it's all right. It's all right. So um, Will tries a dance. So this is, this, we should mention, this is episode three <laughs> of our three-week Robin Hood <laughs> It might Delirium. T- <laughs> <laughs> it might well turn into that, depending on editing. Holy uh, I think that's it. I, I don't <laughs> think there's much to cut here. There really isn't. There really isn't much. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Let's move it along. F- fantastic. So, so Will, um, of course, grows a set of nuts, which <laughs> hasn't happened the entire movie, and decides he's going to walk up to the one woman... <laughs> That you know, clean in that's clean in this entire fucking wooded area, and say, "Hey, what I can I have a dance there, lady?" <laughs> of course. And Robin Hood Costner. just cuts his manhood right <laughs> off. Costner, Cosner, right? It's not even Robin Hood; it's fucking Cosner. He's just like, "No, no, I'm Whoa. the star. I'm the star of the movie. No, you put don't that dance. horse back in the <laughs> stall, son. I gotta get my mule out." <laughs> Douche. Yeah. So after they're dancing and everybody's partying it on and, 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 and Fanny's doing fantastic, the following morning you see Robin escorting Marion out of the camp. Yeah. Um, going to a lake. And this is when you hear Brian Adams' instrumental music. In yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the only time. I will give them that. It's not like, you know, Ghostbusters last week where they literally played Ghostbusters like 16 times in the movie. Mm-hmm. This is the only time in the movie, other than maybe in the tra- the credits, which I did not watch because I couldn't at that point, um, that they actually play the music. So, Jesus Christ, we have like five pages go. <laughs> Holy shit! All right, we really need to move this forward. <laughs> Your kids are like starting to lose Killing their shit out shit, there yeah. too. Um. So. Oh, okay. So then uh, they're playing the Brian Adams music and. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to get rid of Duncan. Now, so, now, to be honest, he's trying because Duncan is blind and he's trying to you know, protect him. He's really trying to protect him, but he, he does this whole, oh, you're a waste of space. Uh, and then Robin's like, would you do it for the king? And her response is, no, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> and And if... Yeah. 
course, it, it lines right up with the, the lyrics yeah. part of the song, oh, which so is gross. just so gross. disgusting. So now they're in love. Yeah. And after Adam, 12 hours, they're in love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nonsense. They cut it off there. Yeah. How about that? I said an hour and a half, and we're not, we still have an hour left to go of this travesty, if that's what you want to call it. Anyway, uh, a couple of announcements I'd like to make. Uh, PC Paul, I have a note here. PC Paul, if you're a fan of him, he will be making an appearance this Friday at the Lakeshore Dunkin' Donuts for about five minutes at 8 o'clock in the morning, followed by a lunch appearance at Popeye's Chicken and Biscuits on Fort Smallwood Road from 12 to 1. If you are a fan of PC Paul, you can get his autograph, possibly take a picture of him for a, a monetary sum. I'm thinking around 10, 12, 20 bucks knowing Paul. Also, um, last week, an influence on many of us uh, who are in the pop culture, who are in the movie scene, and and who are into all kinds of dorkdom, by now you know who I'm speaking about, is is Stan Lee passed away on November 12th. He was a huge influence on my life with his characters such as Captain America, Wolverine, Gambit, Ghost Rider, I could go on. He will be missed. He is a creative genius. He followed his dreams, and we should all aspire to be like someone like that excels here. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to listen to JB's Driving Podcast. We really, really, really appreciate the listenership, and that cannot be understated. If you like us, we tell you every, every time we, we talk to you, share us. Share us. If you don't follow us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook. Share our podcast through iTunes, through Stitcher, through SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at JB's Drive-In. We're there. like to gather that and grow that following. So, <clears throat> with that being said, we have one more week of this. And they're moving on to the next movie. I just mentioned Twitter. That's where you will find the next movie. We will announce that. Possibly this weekend, this Thanksgiving weekend, 2018. Speaking of which, for those in America, happy Thanksgiving. Don't stuff yourself too bad and have a great weekend. Take care, everybody.